Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to pick a side. This is the Spy-Fi guys, and this is Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning 1. Welcome to the Spy-Fi guys, where we cover spy facts, spy fiction, and everything in between. I'm Christian. And I'm Zach. And today we have a plethora of Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning related stuff. We're going first. We've got a brief interview with Evan Ferrante, and then we're going to talk about something we heard from Haley Atwell at AwesomeCon. And finally, we're going to recap and react to the Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One trailer. So first, you've seen him online in videos from Collider and Corridor Crew. You've heard him on podcasts such as Meeting Tom Cruise and our spy bros over at Minute Impossible. And maybe you've been lucky enough to have gotten a cameo message from him. It's Evan Ferrante, a.k.a. Not Tom Cruise. Hey, it's an honor and a privilege to be here. Thank you for having me. And, you know, I just <laughs> I couldn't be more excited to review some some spy spy thrillers. You know, it's a target rich environment to do that. Oh my gosh, it's uncanny. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. Evan, thank you so much for being with us here. You know, just remember, guys, it's not the plane. It's the pilot. <laughs> Woo! Oh, oh. so I know I've seen Top Gun Maverick three times already. Zach, have you seen it yet? I haven't yet, but I'm very much looking forward to seeing it. I heard it's one of the best movies of the decade. <laughs> it's true. You beat me to it. I'm on my, I'm on my, I did my second viewing, but I'll probably be seeing it a third time. So I have a question for Evan. Shoot. Did your career come about because you like Tom Cruise, because you're good at impersonating Tom Cruise, or both? Yeah. Great question. Great question. No, it came about kind of as a fluke. I was in college. 1997 was the year. It was right after Jerry Maguire came out. And I was an actor mm -hmm. growing up since I was six. So I had like the entertainment oh. bug in my, in my veins, in my blood. But um, didn't have any kind of aspirations to be an impersonator or to mimic Tom Cruise or to do anything with, with you know, the vocal prowess that, I, you know, I, that has gotten me many gigs today, you know, as, as, his, uh, as his vocal match and doing live appearances for corporations and commercials and everything, you know. But so I had no, no business plan for this, no game plan. It simply was uh, a, a means to pick up women. This is a true story. So I was in <laughs> Boston University. So I went to Boston University. And I was 17 years old. Jerry Maguire just came out. My good friend, Alex Merkin, who's a director in Hollywood now, he, he did a really great Jean-Claude Van Damme impression. And we, we, you know, I was, he was saying to me, you know, you kind of have Tom Cruise's mannerisms, his, his pregnant pauses, his inflections, his like intensity. Uh, and you have his smile, you have his million watt smile and throw on these sunglasses and try these lines out. And it was like, help me, help you, help me, help you, just help me, help you. You see this coat I'm wearing? I don't need any more. You know why? Because I'm cloaked in failure. Ray, <laughs> the fucking zoo's closed, Ray. The fucking zoo's closed. And so on and so uh, forth. Mm -hmm. So... So we did like a little tag team kind of Abbott and Costello routine and knocked on dorm rooms and met women that way. And, and occasionally the doors opened and we were get, you know, we were given entry uh, with the permission, of course. And we didn't, we didn't uh, waltz on in there. We of course asked for permission and, and 80% uh, of the time they, they let us in. And then 20% of the time they slammed wow. the doors in our faces. We had a very, very good odds. We had a really good routine going. So we did that for a little while. And then it only became a professional pursuit when I started putting up videos on YouTube and Funny or Die and learning that there was actually a demand for this, this thing I do, this crazy, crazy talent that I have. And 
And then from there, I was off to the races and I got a wig and I got glass, you know, I did the glasses. It doesn't take much for me to get in character. You know, it's really the voice and the mannerisms is a lot of it. I channel his energy, you know, from the ether. And then I throw on, you know, a leather jacket, wig, sunglasses, sometimes a flight suit, sometimes a navy whites, sometimes a Hawaiian shirt for cocktail. And uh, yeah. How many cocktail uh, requests do you usually get? I feel like that's a uh, lesser, well, doing, you know. It's, it's, it's not as frequent, but I'm doing I'm doing a cocktail reception next week for happy hour. You know, a lot of corporations Ooh, have happy hours all right, all right. to kind of, <laughs> kind of loosen up their employees and, and to kind of unwind on, on, you know, Fridays, you know. So mm-hmm. I'm doing a bourbon tasting next week for a corporation that I've done, a client that I've done a lot of work with. Nice. Okay. Do, do you mind if we, if I ask a couple more questions? Is that okay? I don't mind. That's why I'm here. So my, my first question is, does your career follow Tom Cruise's trajectory? Like you said, right now you're really hot because of Top Gun. But there were times in the past where, where Tom Cruise was not so hot. Sure, sure. Well, I would say, yes, possibly. Maybe our graphs look the same, except for the fact that he is infinitely more successful than I am on paper. But I've had a, I've had a good ride and I've had a good run. Absolutely, there's been down times. There's been periods where I want to throw in the towel or give it all up or or just move on with my life and figure something else out. But but then you know the the offers come in and I can't say no to to money and to 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 you know to basically providing for my family. I've got a kid now. I've got a baby, a two year old toddler, and I got to pay for those diapers and wet wipes somehow. So right. you know, I just um, I. Every time where there's a dry spell, I go through lapses and thinking like, you know, I got to figure out something else. And, you know, I'm currently a real estate agent on this. That's more of my full time profession, to be honest. But the Tom Cruise gigs, even though I'm working a lot right now because of Top Gun Maverick, I still am doing it kind of on my part time schedule whenever I it's 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 allowing me that it gives me that kind of I have that leisure to do that. It's flexible. Um, nice. But. But yeah, I've gone through many, many ups and downs. I've, you know, many, many years ago, several years ago, I'll just give you one example. I was um, early on in my career and I was in, I was a production assistant at the time and production coordinator, but I, I would still work as a freelancer infrequently. And, and I never knew where my next paycheck was coming from. And I was living in Queens. And even though it wasn't Manhattan, it was still kind of expensive to live, you know, in, in, in the city. And I was in a lot of debt, like $15,000 worth of credit card debt. There was no, um, I couldn't even imagine how I could get out of that debt, climb my way out of that debt. And I was like 24 years old. I just started doing this professionally, I guess, as a Tom Cruise impersonator, even though I rarely, I didn't make much money from it at that time. But I was, I really just saw no, no end in sight how I was going to get out of this thing, uh, this mess I was in. And I was, you know, very depressed, morbidly depressed. Um, I didn't have an out, you know, I didn't have an exit strategy. So all of a sudden, this is before Facebook. This is like during MySpace era. Oh wow! I get a message. From, yeah, I get a message from this company, and this is the first time I'd ever gotten like a message from a company on the in Australia. Okay, so it seemed like this. It okay. seemed like a Nigerian email scam or one of these scams, you know. <laughs> and I and I of course was very skeptical, right? But it said I would. Lo- I were very interested in you doing a couple commercial spots, like a campaign and direct them for us and act in them and write them and do everything. Uh, and we'll, and you know, we'll get, you know, pitch us your best ideas and then we'll then pit, then give us a budget and we'll get, we'll hopefully green light it and give you some money. 
And I, I was like, this is like too good to be true. This, this is like crazy that this is happening now. But I was like, this is my ticket out. And it came out of nowhere. It came out of left field when I was at my lowest possible moment. And my, um, I met with my brother, who's a writer, like a professional writer. And he and I concocted like 10 different ideas. I, I, I thought a few of them were really good. And then some of them were really safe. And they ended up going with one of my safe ideas which was like a day in the life of Tom Cruise kind of thing, like breakfast, you know, getting a cup of coffee as Tom Cruise, buying some fish in the, at the fish market as Tom Cruise, and then you know, doing a red carpet walk with Katie Holmes as Tom Cruise. So, which was still funny, but it was the safest idea I had. So they went with it, asked me to budget it. I budgeted on the conservative side, you know, it's still for the web, but I still was gonna hire a professional crew, shoot it in different, multiple locations, and I was a producer at the time, so I kind of knew how to do that. But I budgeted about $60,000, I remember. And most of that budget went to me because I was producing, writing, directing, acting in it, all of it, right? So I budgeted about $42,000 for myself, which was the most that I've ever made in one sitting in a short amount of time in my life, okay? Ever. Wow. To, to, to this day, to this day, I've never made that. I've never been cut that big of a check and gotten that much money in, in one sitting. So remember, I was about $15,000 worth of debt. Now, I, I, this is the first time I'm dealing with international wire transfers, and I, was, it, I couldn't even FaceTime these people because it was during MySpace. So I was, I was so mm -hmm. nervous up until the day, so nervous, because I had to pay my crew on time, or otherwise they'd, they could break my kneecaps. It was a union crew. And I was really nervous about everything because I, I was digging myself further into debt because they weren't paying me on time. They kept saying, oh, the wire transfer is coming. It's coming. It's coming. It never came until... Two Ooh. days after production, it's, it came two days after production started. Oh, wow. And finally it came through, but it came through in like thirds, which is what I asked for. But that still was enough for me to pay off my credit card debt in one sitting. Nice. And then it was like smooth, smooth sailing from that moment on. But that literally Tom Cruise himself indirectly saved me and my life. I was, I was going, <laughs> I was like suicidal thoughts, oh, wow. deep, deep, super deep depression. And... Mm -hmm. This has happened twice in my life now. Um, many several years later, it also happened to me. I but I, again, I wasn't as but I wasn't as depressed because I I have I've like this feeling that he's like watching over me or or God or Tom, Tom Cruise is God. He's he's a higher power in my life who somehow saves me and and extracts me from the lowest points of my life when I need it most. You know that story is almost a Tom Cruise movie. Right? It could be. Yeah, I would watch that movie. It's, it's, it's certainly in my memoir. It's in my memoir. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I have one last question. It's an easy one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your favorite Tom Cruise movie? See, that's a good question here. It's a very easy question. I mean, it, it's <laughs> easy, but it's not. Like, it's an easy question. Like, I don't have to, like, think too much, but it's, um, it's a little complicated because one movie is very hard. So I got to say... The movie that is, first of all, very underrated. I was going to say Edge of Tomorrow because I love Edge of Tomorrow. Great choice. Yeah, and, that, and, that, and, and, and again, there's so many good ones like Risky Business and, you know, obviously Top Gun, Days of Thunder, just nostalgia and like just awesome. But it's probably Risky Business or, or, or Rain Man. But, but that's not my answer. Mm -hmm. Okay. My answer or okay. Magnolia, which is Magnolia is his best performance. But my favorite movie that totally in, is engrossing and, 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 Ca capitalizes off of every attribute that I know and love about Cruz and it's him it's him being so perfectly charming and charismatic and funny ready for this you're not going to get this guess All this right. one. I'm, I'm ready okay okay are you ready um, mm -hmm. I almost blanked on the name hold on um, 
So, because I never think about it that often, but mm. Night and Day is probably my favorite movie. <laughs> when you said like the full thing, I was the I was expecting Night and Day. So, <laughs> no one says it. In fact, it gets a bad rap. But first of all, Cameron Diaz and him have great chemistry. Okay, mm-hmm. and he is so funny in that movie, and so charming, and and so in. So intense, but also such a badass. Well, look, I know you need to go, Evan. I know there's an F-14 waiting for you to take you to that beach volleyball session, but we really appreciate having you on today. Thank you so much. You can find Evan over on Instagram at NotTomCruiseOfficial, on Twitter at Not underscore Tom Cruise, and be sure to book a cameo with him. Just search on Cameo Not Tom Cruise. I've gotten some cameos from some other people. They're quite fun. All right, and welcome to the podcast, Jay. Or welcome back, really. I mean, you're always here for all of our Mission Impossible content. I am the Mission Impossible. (laughs) Welcome back, Jay. This mission got a little more impossibler. (laughs) All right, so we are going to listen to an exclusive interview with Haley Atwell, a.k.a. I asked her a question at AwesomeCon. So AwesomeCon is our local convention here in Washington, D.C. And in 2022, Haley Atwell came to visit and we saw her panel. Most of it was about her Marvel content. But being the spy fans that we are, we just had to ask her about Mission Impossible. And by we, I mean Christian. (laughs) So let's take a listen. Hi, my name is Christian from Alexandria. Hi, Christian. I love you in the Marvel movies, but I'm really excited to see you in the next Mission Impossible movie. Is there anything you can tease about stunts you did, maybe your character name, anything you can give us? It's, it's, it blows my mind. Every day on set going, what am I, what am I doing today? (laughs) What am I jumping off of? Um, So I trained for five months full time. So I had a, I had an Olympic martial art expert who trained me every afternoon in mixed martial arts. So I was learning foundation techniques to work out where my natural sort of abilities lay to develop a fight sequence for my character that would be tailored to my own strengths. And then I was, we were running because at one point the trainer, the trainer said, you, you will be running beside Mr. Running Man. <laughs> and when he runs, he runs with every cell of his being. And I'm like, are you running away from a bear all the time? Like it's what he's running from and what he's running to. I've never seen anything like it. It's that in, in life, it's just this surge of energy. So I was having to train to make sure I had some depth to catch up with him. Um, what I can say about her is that uh, her name is Grace. That's out there. Um, she's a joy to play. She's mischievous and she's playful and she holds her own with him. And there's an element of um, kind of a comic element to it, which is great, which we haven't seen as much of in Mission before. There's just a different, it has a different tone to it. And in terms of stunts, I learned how to drift in a race car. Uh, ew. Um, <laughs> no, so every time a friend gets into the car now and I give him the lift, they're like, oh, God, please, no. <laughs> We're just going around the corner, please abide by the. You're like we are quickly. (laughs) Yes, we are swinging out the back of the car there. Um, And the the other things I was I think backflipped over a bridge, jumped off uh, backwards off a moving train, um, a lot of running uphill in high heels while handcuffed to Mr. Cruz. And that's all I will say. Um, but it's what he, his dedication to creating these extraordinary spectacles for the audience is entirely for you guys. 
his um, determination to not stop until it's absolutely pitch perfect so that you guys come away from it feeling totally exhilarated by it. It's, it's an amazing to see that every single day. He shows up and it was a great learning experience for me of um, the generosity of spirit that he carries onto a set and that he has time for his fans and he really does. And I find that very, very moving and humbling to watch. And um, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm learning from the great man himself. I'm like a, 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 a family. <laughs> but you're in for a treat. It's, it's, we've got about a year to go and the reason for that is the film's got to be perfect and we won't release it until it's ready and it will be worth it. So you will enjoy it. Thank you. Well, she certainly had a lot to say. Yeah, that was a lot more. Right for I think that it wasn't the first question, but it was one of the earliest questions, and she talked. I like I was expecting more of a oh I can tease this, but mostly no comment. So I'm glad that we actually got a real answer out of her. Yeah, I mean it was mostly a safe answer because mm-hmm. yeah. bits and pieces that we already know about Tom and what little <laughs> bits of information is probably already out there about yeah. the movie. But it was very interesting to hear. Uh, I, did I mean, I'm excited that. to see her drifting because... Who doesn't like a good drifter? Th- we haven't talked about it here, but uh, <laughs> Jay and I are both big Fast and Furious fans, and I know I have a soft spot for Tokyo Drift. Oh, absolutely. So whenever I hear drifting... <laughs> so wait, this means... Uh, Haley was going to join the Fast Fam for part 11, right? I mean, who doesn't like drifting? I mean, at this point, who hasn't joined the Fast <laughs> Fam? I mean, uh-huh. did you see the last bunch of uh, announcements? I mean, oh, um, everyone is joining that. Cast. Rita Moreno. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a it's a quite the large cast, uh, but we didn't really come to talk about that. We came to talk about this, and I'm excited for the fact that she's learned to drift because that gives it a little more air of authenticity, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to the driving scenes, because there is a dip- big difference between driving and then driving aggressively and oh, yeah. drifting. Mm-hmm. And it'll be good for close-ups. It'll be a lot more immersive, which will be nice. And, I mean, it's a good skill to have. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't like to uh, pull a e-brake every uh, once in a while? Mm-hmm. Well, that's something I quite like about the Mission Impossible movies, is that they feel very real. Especially mm-hmm. the big stunts. But we'll get yeah. to that a little bit later. I did find it amusing, her comments about trying to keep up with uh, Mr. Running Man. Because <laughs> uh, right. you can absolutely tell that it is a fact that he goes all in. And mm-hmm. it's something that I... It always makes me laugh watching him run. Well, okay. Okay. Actually, you don't... Have we ever talked about this? Because, Jay, you're a runner. Have we ever talked about his his form? I, I don't I feel know like if we, we have. I, I think we think touched we on it. Yeah. I think we touched on it. Uh, but I don't think we've really gone into his uh, razor blade hand <laughs> running style. <laughs> Maybe that's just the way that his hands are the most relaxed, which is, I, I know that's key, is making sure your hands are relaxed. So maybe the form that his hands would take when they're most relaxed is, you know, like like he's karate chopping the air. That's the T-1000 <laughs> method. Yeah, like full locked and loaded, mm-hmm. ready to dive at you. And knife edge you straight into the throat <laughs> at any given uh, moment, running mm-hmm. style. Uh, yeah, it's a very interesting style to run to. It's absolutely a sprinter style mm-hmm. run. Okay. Uh, they're more typically going to have a little more tensor arm position rather than an endurance runner who will be more slack. 
mm-hmm. um, more upright, much like a sprinter in full flight. So it is, uh, it's, it's a sprinter's style running. It's definitely okay. not something you would be able to maintain for a couple of more than a couple of blocks. Typically, <laughs> um, uh, that sounds about right. I mean, I don't know if we ever talked about it, but I ran uh, JV track and. I was a sprinter. I was not built for long distance. And I did try to emulate his running salad. It worked out mostly. Wow. That's good. I did cross country for three years in high school. Oh. And I hated every minute of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I run a lot. I mean, did ultra marathons. But didn't really enjoy as much mm. as uh, people assume I did. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no. It, it, it. But every time I see him, I'm like, He's full sprint. Cool. Mm-hmm. God, how long is he supposed to be running for? He's probably passing out somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all righty. Well, with that, why don't we just get right to the trailer? So I have a brief recap of what's in the trailer. We start with horses in a desert. There's a montage of a bunch of different locations. We get a voiceover. It's Kittredge from the very first movie. We get a lot of quick shots. We see every cast member. We see Elsa. We see Benji. We see Luther. We see, of course, Tom. Uh, or actually, no, we don't see... You know, we, we see a brief glimpse uh, of Tom. We see Vanessa Kirby. We see... Um, who else? What's her name from Guardians? Uh, Mantis. I always forget her name. I didn't even see her, so nice job. Pom. Ah, yes. Pom Clementif. Thank you. Uh, we see a bit with Elsa with an eye patch as she's holding a sniper rifle. And then we hear from Kittredge, you need to pick a side. And then Cruz gives this head shake, this very meaningful head shake. Then there's some fighting. There's a car chase that happens. We see Venice. We see a room getting gassed. We see a yellow car chase, um, which had Cruz and Haley Atwell in it. We see Elsa with a sword fighting against Isai Morales, who has a knife. More running. We see some close-up magic from Ethan. We see a fight on top of a train as well as falling off of a train. We see more running, and then we see the stunt. We see him drive a motorcycle off of a cliff with a parachute on. And then we get our title, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part 1. Yeah, so I guess, what are we going to talk about first? I'll talk about the title. Yeah. The title makes me think of a Western. Okay. Like a, a movie about Western people who gamble. Uh... Why? Because I don't think because it has dead in the title. Either that or zombies. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Is, it, is okay. it harkening back to the video game Dead Red? Red Dead Redemption? Yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm just All saying right. if, if the title for Red Dead Redemption 3 was Dead Reckoning, dead reckoning. <laughs> it would have made perfect sense. Also, we should say uh, it's part one. So uh, apparently Mission Impossible is falling to the Hunger Games Harry Potter thing. Well, mm-hmm. every movie. I mean, it could also thing. change. I mean, what was that? Infinity War was it originally Infinity War Part One. So who knows? Maybe they'll change it later on. To your point, I did look up what a dead reckoning is, and it's the process of calculating current position of some moving object by using a previously determined position or fix, and then incorporating estimates of speed, heading, direction, and course over an elapsed time. So figure out uh, where something is from one place to another, usually a ship and using all those variables to calculate where it ends up. That's your spy fact versus fiction segment for the episode, everybody. <laughs> Pretty much. I know, and I've, or I've heard, that there's a submarine in here somewhere, so maybe that has to do with it. 
Yeah, I was going to say that is there. And also something you, that left out was undulating naked bodies. Oh, so one right. I was wondering, I was like, is there, this is going to be the first time there's nudity in a Mission Impossible That's movie? That's what I, I haven't, yeah, like I was caught off guard. I was like, that's different. Unless they're just like body painted. Well, it might also be backlit, so you can't yeah. see anything. It is fairly backlit. I'm mm. not going to lie. I went back to watch it and was not for nefarious reasons uh-huh. or any kinkiness. <laughs> uh- but just as to see if they were truly nude, um, the males definitely seem like at least topless. Mm-hmm. Um, I could not tell the rest, but I definitely saw a nipple somewhere. So that's seemingly <laughs> in like some sort of nightclub setting that's like right, you know, off of St. Mark's Square in Venice. That'll be interesting. I mean, it'll be, I think it'll feel probably similar to what is it? The weren't they in like a rave or something or a club in Fallout when they, they're like, what? What? Oh, I yeah. thought you were going to say the beginning of Triple X. Oh, actually, did not think about that, but also, yes. Actually, going back to your mentioning of Triple X, it did bring back flashes of Triple X throughout this whole trailer. I was uh, like, they're following kind of like a beat of Triple X to me. Like, interesting the whole club scene uh-huh. with the whole off the cliff scene with True. the sniper, like the even the environments and even some of the color palette re- actually kind of pulled me into the whole concept Interesting. of triple Interesting. Interesting. That didn't cross my mind at all. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he didn't base jump. I guess he does base jump at the end. Uh, mm. But he, he didn't wear a puffy fur coat. <laughs> well, we don't or, know. That. There's no BMX. Actually, there was BMX biking. Wow, Jay, you're yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, and we don't know. He might be wearing a puffy coat in the oh, gosh, And there's coat, definitely nudity uh, in uh, the trailer. Uh, <laughs> uh, nudity confirmed. But, but yeah, like yeah, like as I was watching this, I got kind of confused. I was like, wait, this absolutely feels like a triple X like trailer. Interesting. No, that did that did not occur to me at all. I was for me, it was just. I mean. I know this will be what McQuarrie, Christopher McQuarrie's third time directing one of these. And what he said is he always wants to make them feel different. So it feels like a new director each time. And it does. But it still also still feels like McQuarrie. It, like, it's a different movie, but, you know, still still got some of the same feel. And I I don't know. For me, the things that most excited me about this trailer are the three things that harken back to the very first movie. You had Kittred showing up. We have not seen him since the first one. We have a fight on top of a train that was, which looks really awesome. A different kind of train, but still train fight. Mm-hmm. And then we had the return of Ethan's close-up magic skills, which you haven't seen since the first one. We we saw him like, you know, making the the knuckless disc disappear, and now he's making this key, yeah. you know, appear out of thin air. Which I feel like that's probably going to be the MacGuffin, because we see it also in a part where like it's around Elsa's neck. I'm not sure if that's yeah. the same key or. A very similar key, but it looked like it was the same key. It looked like it was the same key. It, and I agree. I like the fact that he's bringing back the whole uh, magic vanishing, disappearing, mm-hmm. pulling it back, and the less reliance on uh, latex masking or huh. 3D printing. Uh, you didn't see any of I that was about to this. say, you didn't see a mask at all. At all. It seemed Thank like God. all practical time. to you, Zach. Things. Yeah, exactly. How dare you? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it seemed all very much practical rather mm-hmm. than the whole technological aspect. Because a lot right. of 
the last bunch of movies have been all about technology and being wizardry, and this was all very much just straight up action, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say that there's not that much tech in Fallout. I feel like you still get the three D. I mean, they still, they still have the masks that. and everything, but yeah. like a lot of it was them, you know, flying a hell or well, Ethan flying a helicopter or base jumping or etc. or halo jumping rather. Yeah, but I mean, even in those trailers, you kind of get the idea that there's going to be some of this subterfuge of masking and then Mm. also reliance on playing out another character's role. This seems very much where everyone knew everyone who is who they are. They're all out in the open. So it might feel like it's going to be less of that, which I thought is going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Usually there's at least some kind of heist. We don't see any heisting here, except for the, the magic thing. By the yeah. way, it also wouldn't be a Mission Impossible movie without a very small MacGuffin of incalculable <laughs> power, but all defined capabilities. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, Fallout, it was just nukes. That's true. I mean, we knew what the knock list was. I really am fixated on the anti-god from 3. I want to know what it is. I want to know what it does. Well, so here's what I'm wondering. With all these callbacks to the first movie... I'm wondering how much callbacks just in general to the series there will be in this and part two. I mean, I know that Macquarie has said in the past that he's gotten burned in, about doing fan service. Specifically, mm-hmm. he, um, he called out a scene in the first Jack Reacher movie where Tom Cruise is shirtless and they, and they show a bunch of scars. And they're actually, each scar is a reference to something that happens in one, a lot of the Reacher novels. And people just dinged him and said, well, you're just showing Tom Cruise shirtless. Why do you do that? So after that, he's like, you know what? No, I'm not going to do just mindless fan service. If I'm going to make a reference, it's going to mean something. And it's going to be meaningful. And it's just not, oh, hey, there's that thing. Well, I remember when we had a rampant speculation meeting with Mission Impossible and Mission Impossible. And you guys mm-hmm. were just going like, I hear this guy from two is in it. I hear this girl from four is in it. I hear this villain from three is in it. It's just like, boom, 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 boom. And I had no idea what you guys were talking about. <laughs> and obviously none of that ended up happening. So yeah. if you're going to have callbacks, I like the idea more of them fighting on a train or him using magic mm-hmm. as opposed to a character who most of us aren't going to remember. Most of us yeah. casual fans. How's all right, that? all right. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like, well, I don't know. If characters like, say, uh, Zen, uh, what's her name? Maggie Q's character from 3 showed up, would you remember who she was? Or is that only because you saw it recently with us? The latter. <laughs> okay. No, and I get that. I get that. Yeah. Considering how long the franchise has been going, I mean, right. there's a lot that people are <laughs> going to forget or miss out. Or people who are coming in later into it. I mean... There's a lot of people who came in really late into, or mm-hmm. I mean, in the later series. I mean, it's been. I mean, it's quite the long by run, the time so. that part two comes out, it will have been thirty years. Is that right? Twenty twenty four. Whoa! I believe it. I'll have been a fan of this franchise for thirty years. Whoa! That's that's crazy. That's great. Good things deserve to last. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just a quick callback to what you were saying about how they want every movie to be a slight different movie mm-hmm. and to focus on different things. I think this trailer actually also portrays that because the amount of cutscene, like the lot, the amount of bam, 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 bam mm-hmm. in it, definitely feels a dramatically large, larger amount of those quick cutscenes and beats 
Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like it almost feels like there will most likely be a bunch of callbacks or flashbacks. Uh Uh-huh. Interesting. Mainly just because typically when you see those flashes, Mm -hmm. a little quick jump back, right? It's Uh a quick jump back, right? So it almost prepares you for the possibility that it's going to be that way. Like they're going to pull in a bunch of other things because it's just going to be like hit after hit of, hey, remember that? Hey, remember that? Hey, remember that? Or in this case, it's this is a tidbit that you're going to look at. You're going to see this. You're going to see this. Mm -hmm. And just because they're giving us so much, Mm -hmm. it makes me wonder how long this movie is going to be. I mean, but I feel like Fallout, was it like three hours? I think it was. It was close to that. 240 or something like that. Okay. Yeah, so while you're looking that up, Jay, it's interesting you say that because I kind of had the opposite reaction where it looked great, but it looked the same. Running, punching, hold on, running, punching, car chases, more car chases, and then a big stunt. Like, we've seen it before, and I know that's what Mission Impossible does, but yeah, that's, that's the thought. I mean, that's what we want from a Mission Impossible movie. No, I know, I understand that, but then, but then, don't tell me that's like a completely different movie because it isn't. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a different movie. I'm just saying it's a different feel to it, like in terms of like the way that the cinematography is, all that sort of stuff. I guess we'll have to see the movie and find out because yeah. this is just a teaser trailer. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fallout was two hours twenty eight minutes. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. It felt longer, but not in a bad way. It felt just like a big movie, huh? Mm-hmm. So I have something to say about the big stunt at the end, the base yep, jump yep. with the motorbike. And I am very sympathetic to this idea that you always have to top yourself. Okay. okay. I get it. Like I get that every time he's oh, expected boy, to do a big go. stunt and it's tough, but that's that being said, I wasn't that impressed by this one. And the reason why is because Tom Cruise is wearing goggles on his face. So even though you and I and the super fans know that it's actually Tom Cruise doing it, you can't tell that it's him. It could be a stunt guy. So it doesn't feel as real as some of the other stunts he's done in the other movies. Like Burj Khalifa climbing, clinging to the plane, falling from the helicopter and fallout. You know what I mean? Yeah, except his eyes are obscured in all of those, except for him clinging to the plane as well. He's got goggles on when he's on the Burj. He's got a full face mask when he's halo jumping. I don't see your point in this at all. <laughs> Well, the Burge goes on for longer, and the camera's right up in his face. You can tell that it's clearly him. Yeah, I just really like that. Again, this is just a a teaser trailer. We're not going to get the entire stunt in one teaser trailer. I'm sure there's more to it that we'll be able to see. Oh, no, this is actually Tom Cruise. Okay, I'll be happy to be proven wrong in that case. So there is a submarine in the trailer. Oh, okay. All right. So I thought there was, but I I know I've also heard that there's a submarine in there, but I don't remember if I actually saw it. Yeah, there is 100%. I, I'm just having it run in a loop as we're recording. <laughs> Something I noticed watching it again after the interview with Haley is I, I looked carefully at their hands and they are handcuffed together. Mm-hmm. I didn't notice mm-hmm. that the first couple times that I watched it. Uh, yeah, I got flashbacks to Tomorrow Never Dies in which uh, Pierce Brosnan and uh, Michelle Yeoh are handcuffed together and they have to like ride a motorcycle. Yep, and um, he spin, they spin around, yeah, yep, yep. all that good stuff. <laughs> Which, it'll be fun to see that sort of stuff again, and just sort of the hijinks that will ensue from that. 
I don't remember that. Maybe I haven't seen Tomorrow Never Dies. I don't think you have, and we're going to remedy <laughs> that very soon. Mm. Nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, new James Bond movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm also, I think, is this the first time we've had any actual like swordplay in a Mission Impossible film? Yeah, I think so. That was, that was actually something I was going to bring up, is that how excited I am for yeah. actual swords. I mean, as much as... I would love to, you know, see Tom Cruise bring out his sword skills from the last Samurai days. I'm excited to see what kind of skills Elsa has. I'm looking forward to some gunkata. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, uh, the gunkata! I uh, forgot about that from Equilibrium. <laughs> so good, so good. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm just understandably because this is me. I'm excited about this movie and. I'm really curious how Kittredge is going to play into this, because I feel like last time we saw that him, he was head of IMF. Here, it looks like he's part of some like global conspiracy to run the world. He even says something like the fact, like, this is our chance to control what's true and what's not, or something to that effect. Hmm. Well, another Mission Impossible, the vague threat. I can't imagine. Oh, boy. It almost go. feels like... Control the media, <laughs> and the key is going to unlock uh-huh. all the social networks. Oh, oh no! Oh no! <laughs> I mean, that uh, would certainly be very timely in a way that Mission Impossible movies often are not. <laughs> they're stealing NFTs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's make some wild predictions. Wild mass guessing. Oh, I got a wild prediction for you. All right. All right. Yes. So I would like to say he fights a tiger because that's a recurring joke about the Mission Impossible movies on this podcast. But my real prediction is that Haley is going to betray the team. Oh, interesting. Ooh, interesting. It might be a double like fake out. Like she betrays the team and then is secretly a good guy after all. But that's what I'm, that's what I'm going with. All right. See, I don't know if I'd necessarily be the, believe the first part that she's going to betray the team. She'll be actually betraying the team because you've already had that just one movie go with Henry Cavill. And also, usually there's always like, well, in a bunch of them, there's an IMF traitor. I like the double cross or like the double, you know, the reverse, though, that she it seems like she's being a traitor, but that she's actually not. So I'd be OK with that. I'm just, you know, it seems like too soon after Henry Cavill's turn that we're going to get something like that. The difference is that Henry Cavill looked like an obvious bad guy. True. And who, but true. who would suspect Haley with her sweet little innocent angel face? <laughs> All right, Jay, any predictions? Wild, wild uh, mass guessing? There's going to be at least 30 seconds to a minute of them driving backwards in that yellow Fiat. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. All right. Ooh, that'd be fun. All right. So my prediction, I mean, it's in the title there. Someone's going to die. It won't be Ethan. It Mm -hmm. won't. um, I don't know that it'll be. I hope it's not Benji. Oh, that'd be sad. I don't think it'll be Ilsa. My money's on Luther. I can see. Although they did just have like they had a brief fake out of that in Fallout. So maybe not. But someone will die. And my other prediction Haley Atwell is going to be the one to carry the franchise forward after Ethan retires at like the end of part two. Oh, that's a that's an interesting. You better get used to running into those high heels, Haley. <laughs> that would be very interesting. Mm-hmm. I guess I could see it. I mean, although, hmm, yeah, I guess that could work. Yeah, 
<laughs> I'm just thinking like scheduling and all that stuff. That would... Yeah, I mean, she is mostly wrapped up with the MCU, seemingly. I mean, another person uh, at AwesomeCon actually asked, when are you going to return? And, and then she basically said, you know, I'd love to. I don't know yet. So who knows? Hmm. That'd be... Well, I mean... Also, somehow have... Cavill fit both, you know, re- filming for the, for DC and as well as doing Fallout. So you can make well, it work. Not all of them. Okay, I forgot about the ah, mustache. Yeah. <laughs> His mustache didn't quite make it. <laughs> uh, I know they could have made that happen. Uh, I mean, actually, if you want more info about Mustache Gate, uh, listen to over to Light the Fuse. I know that they had an interview with Christopher McCoy that she specifically talked about that and how he was willing to make make it work for them. And then I think it was Paramount who came down to say, no, we're not going to help out Warner Brothers. Hmm. But anyone else have anything to say about this trailer? So I'm good. One last thing. Uh, there is a scene in the trailer where uh, they're in a large room with a lot of people working at desks. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks like a lot of Asian people uh, all staring oh, yeah. at a giant wall oh, yeah, full yeah. of monitors mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. With, with the world map and lots of little pinpoints. So mm-hmm. if that is at 1 minute 43 seconds into the trailer. Um, yeah, with lots of keyboards and media control. So I think there is something to be said about potentially controlling information. Well, yeah, or maybe they're just looking for Jason Bourne. Huh. I never realized there's like a like there's a bunch of Asian people there. Huh. Or maybe they're going to China to pander to their markets, just like all the big <laughs> blockbusters do these days. Um, except they haven't been doing that for the past like two or three years at least. I mean, I don't want them to do it. I mean, look at some of the more recent uh, releases from Marvel and Disney where they've actually refused to cut out parts that would make it actually get a release in China or in the Middle East, like uh, in, I think, Doctor Strange, and I'm trying to remember what other ones, but there were a few that were they like, oh, Eternals, where they refused to cut scenes uh, with gay people, and so they just didn't get a release there. So they haven't been panned, I, and I feel like, actually, I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'd have to think about Paramount if anything they released recently had any cuts to it, or they could have been. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, well, no need to get into that. Interesting. Uh, yeah, so again, going through this, there's a lot <laughs> of scenes where uh, Asian people are prominent in this trailer. Uh, one minute and 12, it looks like they're uh, meeting up with a Asian guy. Hmm, interesting. Oh, oh, oh yeah, that is interesting, because that is supposed to be Venice. Interesting. Yeah. Um, 27 seconds in, it's it's another office with lots of <laughs> Asian people. Hey, Asians! Yeah, hey, look at that. Go us. Hey. Yet another reason to get excited. Asian huh. swordplay? That totally makes sense. This movie is... <laughs> it's, it's just focusing on... Hyper-focusing on us. Woo! About time. And lots of horses for the cowboy enthusiast. <laughs> See, hey, all right, there you go. All right. What did I say? Fine, it all comes dude. full circle. <laughs> oh, could uh, it be an Asian cowboy movie? Asian <laughs> cowboy movie. All right. I, I mean, I'd watch that. Kung all Fu. Right, but, okay. Back at it. <laughs> all right. But with that, I think we will wrap this episode. Well, thank you, Jay, for joining us for this little bit of preview speculation about the new Mission Impossible. Anything you'd like to plug while you're here? Uh, sure. Uh, 
feed your nerd uh where web comics and stuff are posted and also tuesday night gaming our tuesday night podcast recording while we game with fellow uh member zach uh yeah that's on twitch.tv slash mc slanty come listen to us as we talk about various shows that we're watching and yell at each other as we game. that's a good time and thank you all for joining us you can find us on social media at the spy fi guys on facebook twitter and instagram until next time i'm zach and i'm christian and we are the spy fi guys signing off thank you for listening if you enjoyed our podcast, please be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. The theme music is by Jer Fitzgerald and Big Man Joe. Media reviewed by our podcast are the intellectual property of their respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended. This is a personal podcast. Any views, statements, or opinions expressed in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the participants. They do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that the participants may or may not be associated with in a professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. Any views or opinions are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, or individual. You can find our podcast on social media at The Spy Fi Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.